0: Hello and welcome to the Georgia Tech Catholic Center podcast. Uh, I'm Father Branson Hip. I'm the chaplain here at the Catholic Center, and with me is
1: Matthew Arto I'm the pastoral lackey, pastoral intern here at the Catholic Center.
0: Yeah, and we wanted to take a minute to talk about like this synod that Pope Francis has put forward, and that is asking everyone to participate in. <laughs> there's a lot of basic information about the synod that's out there and lots of people are buzzed, but I hadn't had, I hadn't really found any resources that were particularly helpful for explaining really like what it is and what it's for and how to enter into it. And so really like the desire of this time is to explain, um, to be like a help for all of us of like, what is this, what is a synod? What is this synod? What is it for? And what is being asked of us? And why is it like worth our time? So, Matthew, do you want to, you've been working on this in particular, we've been working on this together, but if you want to just say a few words, maybe introducing this.
1: Yeah, so, like like Father said, um, this synod, Pope Francis called together, it's one that involves all the people of God. Uh, So just some background, like, what is a synod? Um, A synod is a meeting of the faithful, like, at its core, and this really goes back to, like, the early, early church, uh, where a lot of clergy and, and lay people would, like, meet together for a particular issue or difficulty in the church, uh, and usually they would get together, they would discern, uh, listen to each other, really importantly, the issues themselves, like what's causing them, and to the Holy Spirit. and the purpose of this was like out of this listening to hear these things and actually like sit with them uh, and have the space to listen of like where where is the Holy Spirit moving us to move as a church? Uh, and like how can we handle and like resolve this issue if it needs to be resolved?
0: Yeah, and the example that he gives, if I remember correctly from the documents, is actually of St. Peter and Cornelius. And the revelation that Christianity isn't just for the Jewish people, but is actually for everyone.
1: Right, and this is like really central to the idea of what Pope Francis is proposing here. So Pope Francis is asking, like, the funny name is Synod on Synodality is like what does that mean right yeah I thought it was a joke it's kind of it. hilarious right <laughs> like it's, it's a little like it sounds ridiculous but it's actually really beautiful uh and, and um only because of, of what it means but uh what what this is is Pope Francis proposing exactly uh what Peter and Cornelius discovered it was like what we're living um as like the faithful is something that is to be shared in mission um what we're living and, and what Pope Francis is asking is like to seek the other person, right? Like, to listen to them, um, just like Peter did to the Cornelius, just like the church has done for thousands of years. Uh, listen to each other and have the space to realize, like, life is complicated and, and like, we need the space to handle what is complicated.
0: Yeah, so, like, just historically speaking, you look back and one of the most, like, the most, like, highest expression of a synod is a ecumenical council. So you look at the early church, there's all of these problems, and, like, the the Church of the 300s, especially with the problem of, like, the Aryan heresy, and all of these divisions, and the Church actually convenes a council and gets together and listens to what's going on, what are the problems, how do they address it, and out of that comes, like, the Nicene Creed, which is expanded in the Council of Constantinople because there's more problems coming up about who the Holy Spirit is. So throughout, actually, Church history, whenever there was a problem, like, in a dramatic way and in a local level, the church would get together, talk about it, listen to what the problems were, pray and discern how to move forward because a problem invites a change, and then out of that would come. So there's a twofold listening to this. The first of, like, listening to the other person and what the problem is because what the problem is changes how you address it, right? Right. In order for a doctor to make a good diagnosis, they have to pay attention to a lot of different cues and things like that, Uh, like the way that the person is acting, what they're saying, how they're saying, etc. But then, so it's listening to the problem, but then also listening to the Holy Spirit and what like Christ is asking of us within every like specific circumstance. And this part, I think, is really just interesting, too. You look at, like, the Council of Trent, the reforms that were happening in front of the Protestant Reformation, and out of that actually came the seminary system, this beautiful response for, like, the formation of priests. So it's good things that actually came out of really looking at and addressing these problems. And so what Pope Francis is actually calling for is that we take, like, what the Church has always lived, and he really desires that we live synodally, Meaning that the way that we live our lives and the way that we move forward as a as a Christian people as a Catholic people and as a church is in this way where we're genuinely listening to like what's going on in our lives and around, and that this is not something automatic at all as we know like we can tell when someone's not listening to us and we can feel it when someone's not listening to us and when we don't feel listened to it's very easy for us to like disregard what someone else says,
1: yeah, and that's what like the is particularly beautiful to me um, about this whole process of that I've gone through of looking at the documents, what is Pope Francis asking? Uh, is this is returning not just like to this process that happens, right? Not just to an ecumenical council, not just to something that has been done for thousands of years, but actually looking back uh, to the very beginning, like how did Christ live? Uh, Christ lived with those who were marginalized, like those who were um, disregarded and who were like unaccepted, right? And that's, like, been very fruitful just in my own life, honestly, of looking, like, where am I, like, who are the people that I hide my face from? Like, who are the people that, um, even when I go home and I talk to my roommates, like, what am I, what am I not looking at them with? Like, um, yeah, and then walking around campus, like, who will I not look into that, like, look in the eyes? Um, so that's been really particularly beautiful of, that Pope Francis is asking. Go back to the beginning of how did Christ live? Like, who did he ask us to live with? Um, and we're just looking at like what comes out of this is is true life. like what comes out of this is is Pope Francis hoping right is is seeing the other person um, and, and seeing each other and like, yeah, yeah,
0: and I like think it's interesting, my fear is always every time a doc something comes out from the Vatican, my gut instinct is to be prepared to be frustrated for people to misinterpret it. Right? Because you read the headlines about it instead of actually reading the document. And so I'm constantly like, Have you read the document? Do you know what it says? You know, like, do we actually know what it says? Do we just interpret like people's interpretation of it. And uh, when everything was coming out on this synod, I, I saw a lot of like gut reactions from people. Either it was, Thank goodness, like, this is the space to change the church, to move it in a very specific direction, change it in terms of like church teaching. Or, Uh, people's like reacting in a negative sense of this is just people trying to change the church or move it in a direction, right? Or trying to like introduce all kinds of stuff or whatever. Uh, Or great, like another like thing. And all of that actually reveals the fact that we don't know how to really listen or look at things because those are like reactions that actually aren't reasonable. It took me a long time to get through the documents. I actually think these are some of the more like difficultly written documents. Yep, They're a little more inaccessible, uh, which is frustrating. But the inner thing is really, really beautiful and valuable. And it's what you're talking about of genuine relationship actually involves listening and is not automatic. And I think like parents know to some degree like what it's like. This is just an example, right? Of, of like this thing. Parents like love their kids and can see certain things in their kids, right? But if one of the kids starts to act up And the parents are like, well, it's just because this or it's just because that. And if they don't stop to ask, hey, tell me what's going on. And I've seen this happen before, actually. Kids begin acting up and parents just get frustrated and they're like, why aren't you just doing better? And the reality is like maybe the kid is like being bullied in school and he's not saying anything about it. And so because there isn't a space for the parents to really listen and be like, hey, tell us what's going on and listening And on the other hand, also the kid being afraid to share or not being willing to like share his or her experience of what's really going on, there's no possibility of actually addressing the issue in a true way. There's none of that. And so the way like when things come up and difficulties come up and discerning like where we're called like where the way that the church is called to grow, there actually needs to be this space to genuinely listen understand what's going on, and then address it. But it's twofold. It requires two things. First of all, the, like, church uh, and, like, the, Christ- the Catholics, like, the people to genuinely listen and be open, which is difficult and not automatic on, like, a human level, right? Barbara Ward said man rarely learns what he thinks he already knows. If we think we know, we're in big trouble, especially when we actually, like, don't. Um, because even if we do know, if the person thinks that we're not listening or we don't understand, if they think we don't understand, then they can disregard everything that we say, right? So the first part is like genuinely listening. But the other part is like the other person sharing honestly. And that requires a trust that they're not going to be rejected or be in trouble when they share honestly, right? It's twofold. And a lot of the things that I've seen actually in parish life is the breakdown of one or both of those things. People have real difficulties and needs and they need actually like the church to like look at and respond to that need, right? And the church, not just the priests, but like you said like the baptized faithful, everyone to look at this issue, right? Uh, and like so they, 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 maybe the clergy or like the church isn't listening, And maybe the people don't trust the church to actually respond so they don't share. But for me, like, I desire to know what's going on in the lives of you guys so that I can actually, like, walk with y'all in it. But if nobody shares with me what's really going on, how can I know and how can I be helpful, right?
1: Yeah, and that's, like, what this space is about, is um, coming together for the sake of hearing the other person and being heard ourselves, it's something that's necessary for this to go well, and and for our lives to be lived like, happily, right? If I go through life and uh, live in a way that the people I most want to be with, like the people who most have joy, which is us typically, like just people around the Catholic Center, I see like people who are most joyful. Others want that, and yet there's a fear of like I will be rejected, and even with my own friends, sometimes like my own people, I want to be like be with them, and yet I fear like what I have to share will be rejected mm. and so there's a necessity of in this and I think like why this is working so well around the world like as, as every I don't know if we mentioned like every diocese in the world is doing this Yeah, every diocese um, and like even people like dioceses who are not Catholic uh, groups who are like non-Catholic are invited by Pope Francis to in- enter into this because we're being guided by the Holy Spirit we'll come together not just to share not just to listen and say things but to listen uh, to the Holy Spirit and to each other and to pray together um, for the sake of, like, can I do this and can I live this way uh, and learning how to live that way. So that's, that's kind of what we're proposing. And just, like, to talk about what we're doing here specifically at the Catholic Center. Uh, we'll have one session, like, together on April 25th at 7 p.m. It's a Monday, like, like the last Monday of school. And in the basement, we'll have food at individual tables with just some small groups so everyone will come in. Um, we'll have a few questions prepared just to pray with. Uh, Father will give like a brief introduction and we'll go into 25 minutes or so of like just silent prayer individually. We're um, calling particularly like experiences that we've had in the church, experiences in our lives, um, these kind of questions, like really meditating on, on what this living synodality was like and where have it like gone well in my life and where has it not gone well. And then coming back together to, like, discuss this in person. Um, and the goal of this, again, like, looking at our, allowing ourselves the space to come together as a community, like, this particular community, uh, extending to, like, the entire Georgia Tech campus who we're inviting, um, as well as, like, others who want to come, and being together with them and saying, like, this is my experience truly. This is what I have actually experienced and what we're called to, and this is like the difficult part, is to actually receive that and say, like, OK, you've lived that way. And I don't understand it sometimes, but that's the way you're living. And like, we can we there is a path forward in this. Uh, this is what Christ offers. Like, how can a man who is God, like how can how can God walk with the worst of the sinners? Like the path doesn't really make sense until you understand like he is the one who who actually listened and who revealed the path forward, uh, which is through him. So, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, there's the line from the Vadimekun, one of the documents that came out with this. It says, A common trait throughout Jesus' ministry is that faith always emerges when people are valued. Their plea is heard. They are aided in their difficulty. Their availability is appreciated. Their dignity is confirmed by God's gaze and restored within the community. As Peter was changed by his experience with Cornelius, so too we must allow ourselves to be transformed by what God is inviting us to. Just an example from my life. when I went down to Mexico to study Spanish uh, one of the things I was really struck by is like how difficult it was to learn another language yeah. and I also like in that uh, came to also understand a lot of like the difficulties of like the immigrant community and the challenges that it brings and things like that and in sharing life with them it actually shifted the way I thought about a lot of like social issues. Uh, and just in like understanding the greater complexity of it. Um, and it caused me to appreciate things a lot more, but it like shifted my perspective in like being with them. Um, there's another thing I want to add with this, and I think the importance of what you're talking about at a time of adoration and prayer, and it's that understanding our experience is not automatic. We think that it is, but the honest-to-God truth is that it is not automatic at all. And what I mean by that is if you've ever had the experience of losing your temper with someone, like being really impatient with like your roommate, and then later on you're like, why did I lose my temper with them? And you think about it and you realize it wasn't because of them, but because of the thing that happened like three hours before. A test went bad. You didn't get the internship. Uh, You burnt your cornbread. I don't know, right? Like, whatever it is, right? Something happened. Yeah, it is a tragedy. All of that. Uh, But, like, something happened that, like, really, really bothered you, and then you actually took it out on the other person, right? And the instinctive thing is is I lost my cool because, like, you did this. But when we sit and think about it and look, it's like, oh, there was actually these other things at play that led me to that. And it wasn't actually, like, you in that moment, but I was stressed. And I'm seeing more and more we have people – Like the world actually as a whole, especially because we filled our lives with noise, does not know how to process or how to understand their experience. And the more you just throw data without processing, the more chaotic and scary and out of control life becomes. So even within this is this invitation of share your experience, but first, do you understand your experience? Not in like a condescending way, like I'm going to explain to you what you're living. Not that, but actually, have you looked Because my experience is, like, prayer is super helpful, but I can act instinctively and being like, I'm too busy to have time to pray, right? Whereas the thing that saves me the most is prayer. So that's acting instinctively instead of really looking at my experience at the time of silence is crucial. And so, like, even people, like, sharing their experience of the church, I think sometimes we, like, because we don't really look at it, We react instinctively, and we don't appreciate the complexity of things. And so that's why I think, like, to your point, thinking about these things beforehand, but that time of prayer and silence in order to share honestly, and then for also to give us the space to be able to receive others in that is crucial. Uh, One of the other lines from the document says, superficial or scripted input that does not accurately and richly represent the experience of the people will not be helpful, nor that which does not express the full range and diversity of experiences So like we don't want to do this in like a superficial way but to actually think about what we say and like think about what we're hearing and kind of allow it to change us
1: yeah so in that like as we' prepare to go into the synod together and just sit like together and pray and share what we've had um, to be thinking and praying just in the days leading up to it, about your experiences in the church. Like, your the joys that you've experienced and, like, the difficulties, because they're real. Um, and just to call them to mind, to be ready to to bring these to the Holy Spirit, like, in deep prayer uh, together. I think this is, like, really crucial for, for this to go well. And then, like, the invitation of this is not to end, right? Like, Pope Francis describes this uh, very ad- ad- adequately as, like, this is not a one-time thing where we produce documents. This is an invitation to live a better life like a wife that is in my experience happier uh and is something that like yes, so so not just to discern this one time um and to think about experiences one time but to continue to live this way um to really like experience what's happening to us and then understand them like ask the holy spirit to guide us in understanding that then how do i go forward
0: and i would just say like as as chaplain here, like, I want to hear people's experiences. Like, I actually genuinely want to hear what people are living. And I try, like, whenever I come to, like, a Bible study or meet with people that there be a space for them to, like, share. Like, what are you living? What are your questions? And I've really, like, treasured the times that people have, like, shared honestly of, like, I, like, don't know what I'm going to do in the future. Or it's really hard, like, living, like, the spirit of competition here at Georgia Tech. Or, you know, like, I, like really struggle of, like, comparing myself to others or, like, being faithful to, like, chastity is really, really difficult on a college campus, you know, or whatever. Um, I, like, really treasure, and so I would ask, like, people to participate in this and to be willing to, like, risk sharing honestly and that, like, you won't be rejected in that. Now, like, we believe, like, truth is truth, right? Um, And so it's not, like, it's not meant to be, like, uh, reduced down to relativism, but like to like share our experience. Um, and so I, I want like people to be able to like share and to share honestly and to know that like they're genuinely heard, and, like actually heard. This is one of the things like, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. So, like, uh, last season of Survivor, <laughs> yeah, you knew uh, there was a, a, a pastor, like a, a Christian pastor on there. And she literally said in one of the things, she's like, I'm really good at making people feel heard. And then I just go and do my own thing. Oh, well, wow. Right. And so she was like, the important thing is that people feel heard and listen to, but then you do whatever you want as the pastor. Oh, and gosh. it made me so mad because I was like, first of all, I was like, your parishioners are going to hear you say that. <laughs> They're never going to trust it's you again. So like, bad. what were you thinking? But if that's the idea, then like, what's the point? There's no trust, Right. Like, listening is actually, okay, this is going on, and I'm going to respond to it. Agree or disagree, it requires a response, right? And so this is not, like, we want people to feel heard, and then we're going to do whatever the heck we want. That's not what this is, right? It's, like, we hear the experience of the community, and then we need to discern where we move. For instance, it was, like, last year we talked a lot about, like, maybe, like, what the community really needs right now is to learn how to pray, so we're going to shift our resources and our attention to teaching how to pray. Like that, I think, is, is an example of this. So I want people to be able to like share and to share honestly and to know, God willing, that they'll actually be heard.
1: Yeah. So thank you, guys. We, we hope you come out to the Synod again, April 25th, uh, Monday, at 7 p.m. in the basement, and we'll have some flyers around. We're looking forward to it. We'll be praying for you also and for the Synod this whole time, uh, leading up to it and after.
0: And please be, like, praying for the whole the whole process that people engage with it and it becomes something true and not something ideological in whatever form, right? Um, that we actually, like, risk ourselves on it, which is, like, Christ risking himself on us. Perfect.
1: Cool. Thanks. 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 All right. <laughs>